On today's show of Cup of Dow, I talk about mean people, or should I say people who act mean and rude. In today's question of the day, I talk about a toxic work environment and how to deal with that. All coming up on your favorite new podcast, Cup of Dow. You're listening to Cup of Dow with your host, Chris L. McClish. Chris is a man with many roles, many journeys, and one spirit. How is your day going? Or your night, morning, whatever? Hope it's going good. It taken a little bit of time for this podcast to get on iTunes. So now I think Cup of Dow is on all the major platform apps like uh, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Podcast Addict, and now iTunes and more. For those of you just now joining in, welcome. Welcome to the show. Those of you that are previous listeners, did you do your assignment? Did you do something nice for yourself? Or take yourself out on a date? If you haven't done that yet, then I'm going to assign it to you again this week, along with a new assignment I'll talk about a little bit later. This is episode three, People Can Be Mean. Have you been mean today? I hope you haven't. I know there's been times in my life when I look back and I've been less than kind to other people. Um, Let me tell you a little story about uh, we had uh, a fence installed when we moved into our new house. And I thought I knew where the property lines were. Um, I thought that was staked out and where they laid the sod. Uh, There was various reasons that I thought I knew where our property line was. And the fencing company also pulled a city permit. And I thought they as well knew where the property line was. And to make a long story short, we ended up having to move our fence because it was placed in the wrong area on one side. It overlapped into an adjacent property that nobody lived in yet, but still the owners of the land um, forced us to move our fence at our expense. And I remember talking to the fence company saying, I thought you should have some responsibility in this. And my wife wanted me to get very tough with them because um, they were saying it's in the contract that ultimately it's responsible for the landowner, the homeowner to know where their property is, which is true. Needless to say, I was very kind. I could have been mean about it, but I was kind and yielding. I tried to get the fence installing company to see it from my side and be a little bit more empathetic. And they did offer me a little bit of a discount. Interestingly enough, um, the fence company was part of a big hardware chain. And so the person that was responsible for the fence, the discount, etc., um, in town, a lot of people knew him because he worked for this large hardware company. I won't say the name of it. And maybe a year or so after that, some neighbors moved in 
and they were really eager to meet us. They lived directly across from us. And one of the things that they said was, person that works at the hardware store had spoken so kindly about you, and he told us what a good person you are. Now, had I have been very mean and rude to that uh, person that worked at the hardware stump company that was responsible for the fence, I wouldn't have been given a good introduction from the neighbors that moved in across the street from us who also were getting a fence installed from that person. I want to tell you another story. I told this on my other podcast, uh, The Dow Today, so some of you might have already heard this, but I have always been afraid of bees and wasp and stinging things. I'm highly allergic to a lot of things, and the allergist was going to test me for um, bee stings and wasps, but decided not to, that it was too risky since I had such highly allergic reactions to other things. So I've always tried to stay clear of wasps and bees. And this summer, I finally was stung. I was out mowing. I got too close to the fence. Didn't see a, whatever you want to call it, hive nest. And some yellow jackets decided to take it out on me. And it hurt really bad. I was very upset. It swelled up. But I didn't die, and I didn't have a severe reaction like I thought I would, which is great. Now, after that, my wife went out and sprayed the nest because we have little grandchildren, and we didn't want them to get stung. So she took care of it. Or at least we thought. Either another group of yellow jackets or um, the same ones decided to move back I don't know how they survived, so it might have been a different group, but it happened again. I was stung again about, oh, I don't know, a few weeks later, and again, it made me upset, but I wasn't sure if I wanted my wife to spray the nest this time, because it's the bee's nature to sting, and they're just protecting their nest or hive, and like those bees, some people have that nature to them. It's just some people's nature to sting. And when you're around people like that, sometimes you just got to stay clear of their flight path. I remember I used to get angry when I was at a restaurant, if the food would be served late, if the service was bad, if the food came out and it was less than hot, I'd get upset. Yet, um, Now I react a lot differently. I have an older son that's a waiter, and you'd be surprised how many people treat him very rude when there's no reason to be, when things aren't even his fault. They'll complain because the steak wasn't how they wanted it to be. They'll complain where they're seated. They'll complain about all sorts of things. And a lot of these things are really small issues when you think about it. Now, You might be thinking, well, when you pay for uh, food at a restaurant, you're paying for good service, and it should be part of it. Your food should come out hot. It should be exactly the way you ordered it, right? But the thing of it is, sometimes you got to let things go. You, You work yourself up, and you develop all these toxins, and sometimes you can just choose your battles better and not complain over spilled milk, mistakes, and 
let one bad experience ruin your evening. I think that as a whole, we've become very rude, angry people. We see it everywhere. Customers to businesses, businesses to customers, neighbor to neighbor, at work. There's just really no need for it all. You know, sometimes the squeaky wheel does get the grease. But being rude in most situations is uncalled for. Yeah, sure, you can ask to speak to the manager. You can um, see if the waiter will bring you the food the way you ordered it or change your seating arrangement. It's okay to ask. It's okay to point out things when they're not correct. But there's really no need, most times, to be very rude. You might have heard that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. I think that saying's a bunch of crap. I think that words can harm people. Words contain a lot of negative energy, and so can actions. You ever heard about those studies where they had people talk kindly to plants, and then the plants flourish? Or they've done studies with crystal formations, and if you put kind words on the glass containers housing them, beautiful things will form. But if you put angry words on it, these mean menacing crystal structures will form in the glass. So it does seem like words are a form of energy that can impact people. So next time you find yourself getting irritated, see if you're just getting irritated about small stuff. Rethink your actions and see if it's something that you can let go of and if it'll save you from the toxic anger that comes along with it. Try to be a light to others, especially those who are angry. And if you're dealing with kids, recognize that you're being a role model to them. You're showing them how to behave when you are angry. In judo, we have a concept of yielding, and it seems to be more powerful than just providing resistance. And in life, you can meet that sort of energy, that criticism without fighting back. And, you know, I'm not talking about verbal abuse here or assault situations. I'm talking about just how we handle criticism. I remember when I was doing marital therapy sessions, which I uh, didn't particularly like. It wasn't my favorite part of counseling. People would often attack each other with statements such as, you always, or he always, he never, she always, she never. Try to use more I statements. I feel, I think, I would like. It's harder for people to argue with how you feel. When you say you always or you never, people can come up with examples that contrast that or examples where that's not true. But it's hard to argue with a feeling such as, I felt very hurt when you said that. Also keep in mind what I said about Sometimes your most critical enemy is your own mind. And when you find your mind being critical, treat it like an obnoxious teenager. And say to it, I love you. Thanks for your opinion. But here's the healthy thing that we're going to do to handle this. So treat your mind like it's that obnoxious teenager that you deeply love, yet you don't have to obey every whim or command, nor act highly emotional to what's being told to you. When I used to do psychotherapy groups, once in a while I'd have people do a writing assignment where I'd have them write down everything that was positive that they could remember that was said to them in their whole entire life. 
even when people were just joking. And then I'd have them write down everything that was negative that was said to them in their whole life, even if other people were joking. Which list do you think was big, well, by far the biggest? Yeah, you guessed it. It was the list of negative things. You know, we tend to hold on to things that people said to us that are really negative, even when the other people are joking. And we tend to forget or block out the things that people say to us that are positive. So I'd have this huge long list of negatives from people and a very small list of positives, even from people that considered themselves as having decent self-esteem. So make sure that you start writing down compliments, that you start holding on to them and, and remember them. Your new assignment for this week is to do something kind for someone else and don't expect anything in return. Not even a thank you. This is kind of for the other person, but kind of for yourself too. Can we learn to practice without practice giving without expectation? It doesn't even have to be like a material item. It can be um, a kind action. Just do something nice for somebody this week or this weekend. All right, now time for our question of the day. And I'm going to leave out the, the city on this because it involves a work situation. Leslie in Colorado writes about having a toxic work environment that her boss is constantly rude and mean and coworkers are negative. She gets sick driving to work each morning. She says she practices mindfulness. She practices, you know, being very empathetic, being humble. Yet she just doesn't know what to do about this situation. And I'm going to answer this from a Taoist perspective, not a legal one. So Leslie, if you're in a situation where there's assault going on or just this um, hostile work environment, that's something you'd want to talk to HR or an attorney about or your boss's boss. But from a Taoist perspective, I'm going to answer it this way. Kind of like I said earlier with the bee example, some people are just mean, hostile bees. And the best thing you can do is stay out of their flight path. And sometimes that means taking big risk, like trying to find a different job, trying to get out of that work environment. Now, I know that's easier said than done, especially if you're working for a place where it's the only one in your type of work, your line of work. It's the only employer hiring, or you've got a good salary there because you've been there a long time. And it would be very scary to start over at a new place, a new company. And then you run the risk of having the same issues at the newer company as well. But if you're going to work every morning and you're getting sick and it's starting to affect your mental health, that can affect your physical health as well. Because a lot of times our mental health and our physical health are very interconnected. So if you can get out of that work environment, get out of it. I wouldn't stay in something that made me sick every day if I could possibly get out of it. And I know... That's risky, but if the risk is greater to stay to your health and mental wellness, I wouldn't stay in that environment. And Leslie, I feel for you. Those situations are tough. I really do. It's, it's, it's a bad thing to have a kind of a traumatic reaction when you're driving to work or when you wake up every morning and you have to go to a place where you feel like it's just a horrible work environment. 
And that's true for school, too. My son's thinking about quitting the public schools, my younger son, because it's just a bad environment to be in. It's negative. It impacts him in all sorts of ways. So it's a tough situation to be in. Thank you for that question. Don't forget to subscribe to my show in your podcast player app or to the RSS feed. You can find my email address, contact information, a disclaimer, and more information in the show notes, so please check those out. Be sure and purchase my book, Accepting Life on Life's Terms, Taoist Psychology for Today's Uncertain Times. Look for the book wherever you buy books. Available in written and digital format. That's all for today's show. Join me next week for another great episode. Until then, I hope you have a great week. May peace and love be with you. Thank you. I'll see you later. for listening. Have a good day. This podcast is a Coach CMC production.